0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Sports Injury Central slash offseason pro football doc podcast, where we always have special guests. And this one's super special to me. You probably all know who he is or what he does anyways. But we have never met, and yet he graciously has joined the podcast here. The man behind Freezing Cold Takes at Old Takes Exposed, Fred Siegel. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: You know, uh, look, uh, when you, first time you, quote, freezing cold take took me or whatever, I was, like, surprised because— flattered that like, because usually t- I see your stuff and you're, you're going after Stephen A. Smith and this guy and this guy <laughs> and whatever. And the fact that you sort of took a shot at me or aimed your, your quiver at me, I, I was sort of flattered that it sort of rated and, uh, and so mm-hmm. forth. So well, I've always appreciated, uh, yeah. the stuff that you do.
1: Well, you're one of the big, um, well, it's it's, it's a newer thing on the, at least for, um, at least in terms of, you know, in-game stuff. I mean, I think it's pretty new altogether. ESPN had some people talk about injuries and the long-term effect, but from the short term or just analyzing it, somebody's watching the game, it's pretty relatively new. I think you're one of the guys who are pretty well-known at it. And um, during a game, you certainly have influence on what people are thinking, um, especially related to whether the player is going to come back in the game. But also, after the game, whether the injury a certain player suffered is going to be long-term. And I don't know – I mean, I don't know if you got a little more careful about it, but you you sometimes just uh, – you just said, oh, he's out, he's out, he's out for, like, the next whatever time. And he didn't end up – and the player didn't end up being that. Or, or you said it's not that bad, and then they end up having another injury. Now, there's also – it can be out of context the way we do it because the injury could be something different than you saw. Well, um, it yeah, could exacerbate a different injury that you didn't know about. No, but, no, uh, no question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So no, no, it's, but, but, but that's, that's the way we, that's how we play it and everything. So, I mean, your, 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 uh, your expertise is, is, is relatively new. So, but it's, it's not, if you just, if you said, I think, there's a strong possibility that all that I probably wouldn't post it, but <laughs> when you're when you're pretty sure about it, that's when I do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, a lot of people when you see with the uh, people who break news, they all, they they want to get their news out quickly, but it hasn't officially happened. So, they say, barring a last minute snag, this will happen.
0: No, you know, well, and and and, and when I do hedge, it's mo- more usually for a fan base, because people will get mad at you if you say it oh, definitively. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're going to get
1: mad at you no matter what. Because yeah. even, if, even if you say the person's out for the year, they don't want to hear that. So they're going to get sensitive about it and tell you, oh, you haven't even seen him. What do you know? And then cite the last time you were wrong. Don't listen to him. So, um, I mean, that's just the things you have to deal with. It's things everybody deals with, in a, um, in, in, I guess, in any type of an- analysis, sports analysis or any type of analysis, pol- political analysis. But mostly, like, I talk about referees all the time. And referee gets the exact re- – guy comes up and blocks a shot, stops him. And the referee doesn't call a foul. It's a perfectly clean block. No one ever is like – Great call by that referee. Really <laughs> yeah. great call. No,
0: yeah. I, I, I understand that. So, so <laughs> yeah. you freely state that I've I know your stuff, and you started quote trolling journalists. And first of all, I don't think I'm a journalist, but that's a different story. Oh
2: but,
1: yeah, well that's how you do started troll- just journalists. That's yeah,
0: how, guys. That's how they- I,
1: that's how I wanted to do it. Um, I mean, that's how that's, that's I originally started, but I didn't expect it to be a big feed. I just <laughs> was just like a random guy on the internet just trying to mess with them.
0: Do, do they, I saw do what they, they up, would
1: do. I saw their takes, do, and they would do, only chat what they got right. Do
0: they, only, do they end up blocking you or not liking you, or are they pretty good do. about it? Yeah.
1: A lot of them block me, and I don't know that they block me until someone tags me under a, a later tweet, and I try to look at it, and it says I'm blocked. Um, but, yeah, I've been blocked by a lot of people. But <laughs> I think journalists now are less they – le- they care less about getting – about the one they get wrong and me doing that, they care more about everybody tagging me to anything interesting that they say. So they say like, Oh, I think that they're going to be good this year and a hundred people tag me under them. And to them, that's really annoying. That's probably more annoying than anything else. I feel like when somebody gets something definitively wrong and I post it, they get less pushback than when they post just a regular hot take that hasn't been wrong or right yet. Those get completely crucified by one side. Like they'll just like people will just reply (laughs) like crazy and tell you're an idiot. This is stuff before it even happens. I feel like those are the ones that get because when it's definitive, all you can say is, ha ha, you're wrong. That's it. What else are you going to do? But all the but with any other time when you just post a hot take, it's like everyone just goes after you, everything they say. And I'm sure that's the same way with you. When you post any type of injury thing, people do not want to hear it about their player they want to make sure that they have every possible thing in their head to show them that there's a possibility that the guy may not be injured
0: yeah and, and now let me ask you this question recently over the last couple of weeks, I've actually, has anyone done what I've done? And maybe they have, where I literally have tagged you saying, look, oh, this, yeah. is, this is a take that, <laughs> that could get exposed, right? And, you know, I'm playing with fire on some of these. Yeah, like when Embiid was going to play for sure and everyone said he was out, I was playing with fire there. And it actually worked out that he played. Now, the Crosby one yesterday didn't work oh, out yeah. so well, okay? and <laughs> But... We're not deleting tweets, and in, in, in our regular part of the podcast, we'll talk about the whys. Look, another NHL current team physician that I talked to, who I left him off the record, agreed 100 percent with what I was saying. But I'm the one who said it, so therefore, yeah. I mean, freezing cold, take me, and <laughs>
1: I, I, I'm like, I'm like the little kid. Like, I'm not getting
0: burned by the flame. I'm not getting burned by the flame, right? It, I mean,
1: it's a good way. I mean, it's a good way to not get people to do 100 tags under your take i can tell you that because if, <laughs> if you tag me then they're not going to do it because they've already um they've already shown that you've brought it to my attention i don't, I don't like know how you can that. keep up with all the
0: mentions because i, I bet you get and, I, and thousands I, 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 all, of tags
1: I, all the time i get tags of things that i've already used like a hundred <laughs> times after so um yeah so it's, it yeah i can't keep up with all of them actually but um but uh, yeah i think the injury thing is interesting the injury, injury thing really, really, really is, I guess, provocative in its own sort of way. I think a lot of times we know, as fans, even knowing nothing about, about medicine, um, that a player is going to be out for a while. Sometimes when they like, can barely walk back. The non-contact injury, where they just like start yelling and screaming, and then they get walked off the field. By, you know that they're out for probably going to be out for the year. Like, I mean, we, like, some of the times we know, and some of the times we just hope otherwise. But the ones that the iffy ones are the ones that you guys will say, ah, oh, I think it's two weeks. I think it's one week. That's that's really tough when you say two weeks, one week. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it, that's tough. I mean, I could, I could people are hoping that it's two weeks or three weeks, but it could be a new more being more.
0: Well, definitely, you know, in some ways – Maybe this is why I liked what you do Mm -hmm. and having you on. I kind of am doing the same thing, but much differently. One of the things that I've enjoyed doing, let's say during the NFL season, let's say at the end of this last NFL season, for four straight weeks, John Harbaugh of the Ravens would get up at this press conference and say, I don't know about Lamar Jackson. And then the next week it'd be, He's getting better. We're really hopeful he's going to play. And every week I would go over the top and say, he's not playing with that ankle bone bruise. So I don't – I actually – look, I don't win all of those when you're going up against a head coach or a big national media guy. But our record's pretty good we went about 75 80 percent of those when we go directly against what someone' right. is on the record saying those are the ones I have fun with and so I'm a little bit like you I think you know but right. but yeah I'm, I'm out there a little bit trying to give opinions and <laughs> well, the uh, they're coach, not always correct for, medically right
1: well I mean you got you got to weigh what the coach is doing like you know the coach is you know what the coach is doing like the coach is like it's all gamesmanship he's not Oh he's, yeah. At, on its face, he's not being completely truthful always because they don't want to talk to the media anyway. And they certainly note with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, who's this guy, probably the teams have to de- be extra careful when they're planning for him. He doesn't want to say that he's out. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think so, John Harb.
0: I'm, I'm not right, calling right, John right, Harbaugh like, a liar. I'm just saying, well, he this is, is yeah.
1: naturally speaking. He's not being, I mean, he's not being truthful, but that's like part of the thing, you know, like Yo, that's part of the game, like, right. Right. But, uh, Yeah, so um, I think that that's that's part of it. Uh, But with you guys, you're like draft people. Like when you talk about Stephen A. Smith, Colin Cowherd, those guys. Those guys um, are, you can't, they can get whatever they want wrong or right. Because everyone accepts them as like a character. Or like just guys who say provocative things. And that's why they have their own shows. And they say it enthusiastically and they have... Uh, they're great at pre- presenting something in an exciting way. But you, you, really, you really have to be right most of the time <laughs> because like, there's, no, there's, not, there's no wiggle room. Like, like like You don't just make a hot take, oh, I bet you this guy's going to get hurt in the next three weeks. You know, like, <laughs> um, uh, no, I mean, like, and the draft people are the same. The draft people know that every, I mean, they're not going to always be right because the draft's impossible that way. There's 700 prospects. But they know that every time they go out on a limb on somebody, that if it's wrong, then they're going to be hearing about it for the next ten years. Um, <laughs> like especially if it's a big player like Josh Allen or, or Mahomes. So, um, so like I think it's different with you guys. Those guys, other guys, want they don't care. Like they'd be happy for me to retweet it because it just helps them get more people to talk about them. Um, All right. But but you're, you're more about accuracy because it's like. Um, what else are you, what, what are you offering here if you're just going to be wrong every time? yeah. You, know? <laughs> so well, you, you want to be right.
0: I, well, I'd love it if people would say, let's look at the quality of the analysis, but you're right, we're a result-oriented society and that's what it comes down to, and, I, and I'm oh, fine right. with that. Uh, look, a final question for you, Fred, because I know you have to go and, and you got other mm-hmm. things. What, tell me about the difference between old takes exposed and freezing cold takes. Cause-
1: <laughs> the only difference is, is that I couldn't get, I did freezing cold takes. And this is when I was in, this is when I was doing it, like just, I I didn't really have any concern about whether it was going to become a big thing, but there's just a freezing cold takes was taken somehow. Gotcha. The, the, The name was taken and now it's old takes exposed. And now everyone knows to tag me under old takes exposed. So I can't switch it.
0: Gotcha. Now, yeah, so, uh, are you ever uh, going to think about doing a, 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 red hot takes one where people like, no. you know, call the 80 to one Kentucky Derby winner and, 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 they're right.
1: No, cause nobody, not as many people care about that. <laughs> you know, they don't, they just don't care. And I, I, I don't want to do it. Like it's I uh, I don't want to have too, too many of them. I, I'm just sticking with this, but uh, I, I have been more interested in doing an analysis of like why, why it happened and going back into more in the past than just like yesterday's bucks game or like all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, uh, you know, so I have a book, like if you could if you go to my page, pin tweet, my book's coming out and it's, um, they got a publisher. Um, I got a publisher to do it and everything. And, um, it just goes back with like 15, 16 just situations. Like, the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s or, you know, the 49ers in the 80s, like when they had two quarterbacks and everyone was talking about them. all the takes that, and then all the situations surrounding them, like narrative form. And it has a lot of draft takes and everything. So, I mean, it's coming out in August. So if you guys, anyone who's listening to uh, the pod wants to check it out, go to my feed and see in the pinned tweet. Old takes exposed is the handle freezing cold takes is the screen name. So.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate you. And I don't know if I want to hear more from you this upcoming season or not. No, I'm joking. It's all good.
1: There'll be plenty of injuries. I'm sure there'll be plenty of injuries. Sure plenty and uh, of injuries and everybody things. gets injured. Um, yeah, uh, a- absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, uh, we'll take a quick break and be back with the regular uh, pod here and the rest of the gang in one second. All right, welcome back as we continue the regular segment of Sports Injury Central podcast with Justin, Taylor, Jacob, and everybody. Uh, It's cool to to chat with Mr. Freezing Cold Takes, but uh, let's continue and and talk a little bit about the one we got wrong that, you know, yesterday or the day before Sunday I was convinced that there was no reasonable chance that Sidney Crosby would play. I get it was a game seven. I get he kind of was at skate around. I get that he didn't have a red jersey on. My take and thought was no one's hitting Sidney Crosby in practice with or without a red jersey on. The skate around wasn't that overbearing or hard to do. I get they want Sidney Crosby to play, but given his concussion history, one time where he missed almost two years, and they are still cumulative in some way, shape, or form, and then his 2017 concussion, and the fact that it was only four days since his concussion. Yes, the NFL about five years ago got rid of the five-day minimum. So it's only four days since his concussion on Sunday, Game 7. No five-day minimum requirement out anymore. But think about this in NFL terms. If a player is injured on concussed on Sunday, how many get cleared by the Thursday game? Some have, but very few. And none of them have a previous concussion history. And if this Crosby situation were in the NFL... I
3: think social media would have gone nuts. Did you guys see any reaction to it? I mean. I, I, the part that struck me as interesting was, uh, which you, you had a tweet on, was they're saying, oh, we tested him for a concussion. It came out negative. Um, we didn't think he had it. He did have a headache after game five, though.
0: Oh, and we'll get to that, too. That's a good point. My point is, if this fact pattern, were, okay, let's add that in. His agent said, to not misquote him, The word concussion can be used loosely, but head injuries are very serious. The penguins are being careful and smart about this. Most important is Sydney's well-being as a person. A final decision will be, tonight, will be made by the doctor. There's a report that they had a headache the day after the concussion. So if you put the fact pattern that I had there, and if you had someone in the NFL related saying the word concussion can be used loosely, Remember the whole MTBI, minor traumatic brain injury, and everyone went crazy over that in terms of the NFL? And if in the NFL, I can speak to the NFL. I've worked some hockey, but not close to the, uh, the NFL. In the NFL, if you have a concussion, and ESPN reported it, Fox, everyone reported concussion on Sidney Crosby. If you have a concussion and a headache the day after, You were not playing in five days, much less four days, not counting your concussion history. Um, And so, look, we were wrong. Freezing cold take is what it is. Maybe there's a piece of information that we did not know about. I'm not trying to be critical of the Penguins. We're on the outside looking in. And I always say, if something doesn't make sense from the outside, there has to be something you don't know from the inside. But I ran this scenario by some NHL guys. One said, I don't want to comment at all. And I'm not going to say any names. Okay. He said, Nah, I just can't go there. Uh, I spoke to a preeminent NHL and really sports leader in concussions. And he's like, I can't go there. Um, and let me say this UPMC takes care of all the teams in Pittsburgh. Okay. The Steelers, the University of Pittsburgh, the Pirates, everybody, including the the penguins here. So they're very reputable, and they're doctors. But I ran it by another longtime NHL doctor, and he agreed with me. He says, like, I don't see how the guy can play with these set of facts. Now, maybe we have one of the facts wrong or things not right, but I'll stand by the analysis. We'll take the L— the freezing cold take and what have you, but I don't know about you guys. We'll stand by the analysis and, and, uh, uh, sometimes I find it interesting. Um, think about it this way. There's clearly steroid use in the NFL. There's a ton of steroid use in WWE who's gotten very popular, but all the steroid attention is on major league baseball. There are concussions in a lot of different sports, but the concussion attention is on the NFL. And there is something to, you don't have to be faster than the bear, just faster than the guy next to you. You don't want to be the slowest runner. The slowest runner in concussions is the NFL. So I think the public overlooks the NHL stuff. The slowest runner in the room on steroids was Major League Baseball. So the public overlooks some other sports. That's just my thought and theory. Once again, not saying anything wrong, but had to do it all over again. You could call it stubborn. And you hand me that fact pattern. I would say it the same again. And I know, Taylor, you were saying as you watched the game, you're Mr. Hockey, that he didn't really get into many scrums. And he's still very good. Crosby. I mean, it's Sidney Crosby, by all means. Yes. And I'm quite he's sure played all his minutes. You to, that – Everyone on the Rangers knew and that if they came up and did anything to Crosby, there would be a brawl <laughs> they would there would be repercussions. I mean, you are not touching Crosby in that game and and I would also like to think that players have enough respect for each other, including and especially Sidney Crosby, that no one would target him for an advantage to try and get him out of the game and yeah, glad he finished the game. It was a thrilling overtime game. Unfortunately they lost, but we'll take the L, but we'll stand by the analysis. What do you guys think about that?
2: Um, I think they did a really good the... job of like hiding the information. I think they played a little, really good PR job. Right. Cause like you said, I remember with a beat situation too, they really, like when there's a situation I say, that's like game kind decision. I think they really do a good job of like, playing with the words and doing the coach speak and stuff because the only person that didn't think he was going to play is maybe the media. Cause I remember that I saw the New York Rangers, the coach, they asked him if he's going to play. He's like, Oh yeah, Crosby's playing. He's already in already. They're not worried about it. They knew already. So, I mean, there is different information that was out there, but what we do for our site, the information said he wasn't playing. Right. And I did um, some uh, information for you too. Eight days was the minimum. I saw someone came back during the regular season during concussion protocol. They just, you just doubled, you know, they just, that was double what we just did now. So, I mean, 4 days is too is too, too little. There's got to be Well, no, 4
0: no. days is for I will go on the record saying this. 4 days is not impossible. But when you throw in a headache 24 hours later, when you throw in a history of serious concussions, that really shouldn't be the case, assuming it it's a confirmed concussion. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not saying no some of our fact pattern may be incorrect, which is would explain it. But given that fact pattern and what you say about the eight days was the quickest to anyone else and whatever, I, I think the analysis, I mean, look, even in, let's say, in the gambling, we could have a situation where our analysis is completely correct on injuries and whatever, but a couple turnovers here and there and you, you don't cover or you don't win or, or something happens. It's the, it's the way things happen. But as long as the analysis is sound, and, and that's another reason that Look, we don't delete tweets. We don't delete articles. We leave them up there. We're right, we're right. We're wrong, we're wrong. And, you know, if anything, as I talked about earlier, we were playing with fire, I was, by tagging old takes exposed and saying, here we go. Now, we got away with it with Embiid, that it was fine, and and we went against the grain saying Embiid would get cleared even though he's listed out than doubtful. And that worked out. And this one we thought we were on the right side and it didn't work out and that's okay is uh, i think uh, transparency is pretty important
3: just uh, one thing i want to mention i know we we went down the rabbit hole already but uh just and it's a little apples to oranges but joey bosa big history of concussions and he was held out of a regular season game even though he tested negative for a concussion and we saw him on the sidelines i remember during the football season and doc was saying well why is he on the sideline if he has a concussion he needs to be back in the locker room so i think it's just interesting how how Clear and strict the NFL um, concussion protocol is, and I don't have a ton of knowledge of, of NHL, but it, it's interesting that there was a little wiggle room in the playoff. It seems like. Well, the, you know, the interesting about the NHL
0: is that it doesn't require secondary approval. In the NFL, it requires an independent person to approve. And now, once again, I'm not accusing the team physician of shenanigans. I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying the rule is the team, as long as the team physician feels it's okay, he slash she is supposed to consult with others and, you know, do the right thing. And of course, the Hippocratic Oath, and I'm sure he slash she felt that they were doing the right thing. I'm not saying any of that. But the protocol is no time limit and nothing specific. It's up to the physicians, which... Maybe old school, it may not be wrong, but there's potentially more leeway in what's happening. And look, uh, Crosby and his agent are dumb. If they thought he had a concussion and it was wrong for him, they would have stepped in in some way, shape, or form. But whatever the analysis was, the risk analysis was, they decided it was okay to go do it. We're just calling out what we see. Uh, And yes, I think the NFL is more strict about what happens, partly because they're the ones where the spotlight is on. Just like, like, I mean, Major League Baseball for using steroids has more of a penalty than any other professional sport for first time being caught. Yet the general public still isn't happy with steroids in Major League Baseball. They think they should be suspended for life, you know, kind of thing. Whereas football has less of a suspension... But it's okay. It's kind of accepted. Not that it's great, but no one says six games is, isn't enough or this, that, the other. But in Major League Baseball, you see it and you say, oh, that's not enough. They need more. And so it's just interesting perspective, is all. If this was a parallel situation in the NFL, I mean, it would have caused a firestorm, in my opinion. But it is what it is. And nobody will know the truth. And, and, the doctor, I'm not even accusing them, but they can't speak out and protect themselves. So all we have to go on is what
3: we have, and, and we'll see what happens. Just want to want to mention since we're uh, on the topic of NFL, we have a fantasy relevant series. We've had uh, Christian McCaffrey, we've covered Michael Thomas, um, and the latest is Saquon Barkley. So all that's up at sixscore.com. You can find it on the Pro Football Doc tab. Um, let's move on to the next uh, big playoff um, in everyone's spotlight: NBA playoffs. There was some kind of Game 7s yesterday. I mean, uh, we we were talking this morning about uh, everyone's talking about the Suns and Mavericks. Oh, boy. (laughs) Uh, Everyone forgot about Lucas' calf strain, that's for sure. Yeah, I think that's
0: why we talked about maybe making him a beast of the week here, Luca. Because remember, the he was going to be out forever, right? He probably wasn't even going to be playing right now uh, as the playoffs started with that calf strain. And I can't believe they played Luca in that uh, in in that meaningless end of season game and the whole deal, right? And a uh, lot of blame to go around. He was going to miss multiple series and this, that, the other, and. Uh, In the end, we remained a little bit optimistic, saying he's going to come back sooner than you think. He did come back uh, at the end, towards the end of that first mid-slash end of that first series. Who even remembers that calf strain anymore at this point in time? So I think he's worth at least an honorable mention in the Beast of the Week this week. They destroyed the Suns, and um, that was a a good call by you to bring that up.
3: Another... uh... We'll have, a, I mean, obviously a matchup with the Warriors. I think that season um, series starts Wednesday. We'll have uh, the latest on Gary Payton II. He's, uh, I know Kerr's calling a long shot to return for that series, but uh, potential Finals return is uh, is definitely an interesting one on the horizon.
0: Well, wow. it's it's interesting how coach speak goes into play, and I love Coach Kerr. He actually lived in San Diego for a while and the whole deal. What he said, okay, what okay, I'm paraphrasing here. He said that. He's remained in great shape. Well, of course, it's an elbow. It's not his <laughs> knee. Um, number two, uh, yeah, he's very doubtful for this series or unlikely or whatever. It is. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, we know that. That's kind of what Six Score said from the beginning, the pro basketball docs. And he's not ruled out for the finals yet. Well, Who rules anyone out for the finals at this point in time? You're not even in the NBA finals. And, and we said it's not impossible for him to come back. It, still not likely but you watch and wait and see here's my little prediction and hopefully uh fred siegel isn't listening in on it (laughs) hey you
2: gotta call you gotta call
0: him out right now (laughs) no no is we're gonna see a picture of gary payton traveling on a trip or something or social media or whatever and he's not gonna have a sling on or a cast and the internet's gonna go crazy look he's about to play he's about to play let me tell you something when it's a radial head fracture, the way that he fell down, the what we called in-game, you don't treat it with a cast even at all. The key is early mobilization to avoid stiffness. Now, you have to avoid stress and falling, and if there's a way that Gary Payton isn't going to be knocked down to the floor, he could play sooner, but you, that's sort of the, the, the issue there. But don't take the cheese when there's social media that, oh, he's not in a cast splinter sling and he's close. I mean, I don't think he's in a cast splinter sling today. But, you know, we'll see what happens uh, with that going forward.
3: Another big uh, defensive injury um, series starting tomorrow, the Celtics and the heat. Robert Williams, he was, I really found it interesting. He was available, quote, for game seven. uh, Did not see action because it was such a blowout. What's your take on him for for the next series, Doc?
0: Well, we talked about it at six score. His bone bruise was direct contact, so it's about a matter of soreness and stiffness, not a matter of protecting him long-term. John ja Morant was completely different. That's why he never came back. That was a bone bruise with potential long-term issues with intraarticular contact, different types of bone bruise. I think he's fine to play, but like I don't know that he's been full go yet just from the knee scope, but... Because I think he's still inside six weeks. We said four to six is our initial estimate. Lateral meniscus tears takes longer. And I know you guys and the pro basketball docs are doing a Western Conference, and Eastern Conference preview with injuries, what to expect and look for. So go to Sports Injury Central, SICscore.com to uh, see that.
3: Yeah, we'll touch on uh, Kyle Lowry's hamstring as well. Um, One potential old takes exposes Chris Middleton. Oh yeah. Why why did he not come back for game 7? Why why did they not play a little gamesmanship and have him questionable, doubtful, put it, I don't in know. The, put it in their mind? I mean, I've been wrong on that.
0: I didn't think he'd be out this long. I thought he'd come back a little bit. And uh, there's no question I was I wasn't saying Chris Middleton wouldn't would be 100%. Right. And in no way shape or form am I calling Chris Middleton soft. I don't know. They just felt like he couldn't do it. Yes, it's harder to come back from in basketball, but I thought giving you know, a second option to Giannis, even if he was more of a spot shooter on the outside, that he would have been able to. But you know, um, that one, you know, the the Crosby opinion, I'd say, is still solid, unless we got some fact pattern wrong. I'd call Chris Middleton more of a miss than 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 Crosby in terms of what what we did Because you had the there, video but,
2: for that, right? You analyzed that. You had the video. We yeah, had everything. I thought it
0: was. I, I, I never bought it was a grade two MCL. Right. <laughs> you know, I thought it was lower grade than that, but you know uh is what it is videos can lie and, and we can certainly be wrong and we'll take L's when we are
3: uh, let's see so obviously we have a continuing NBA coverage um interesting one I think a lot of people have forgotten about is Bryson DeChambeau he's uh, getting close from that hammock bone surgery um can, can you explain I think a lot of people are are uh, I mean obviously we were we were on him to try to play through it why is it an easy surgery to come back from Cause you're not waiting for any healing, but the skin and soreness, because it's
0: not a fracture. You're waiting to heal. You're taking out that piece of bone. And who's the catcher that as uh, James McCann, the James, Met's Mc- McC- the Mets catcher, hook of the hammock fracture, small immediate surgery. Right, and that's what we were saying. Just uh, Bryson DeChambeau needed, and I won't. You know, I'm not a golf expert. If I hit anywhere close to the drive that Bryson DeChambeau hit into that net, I'd be thrilled. Uh, so I'm not going nit, to nitpick that. But I mean, does he have that big of a draw that he's supposed to hit it into the right side of the net? I mean, <laughs> he, he's pretty straight usually. I mean, I mean he, he doesn't want to go, go look at that right. video again. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, look, <laughs> I, 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 I'm not trying to be. The bottom line is. Will he play in the PGA? Maybe. I don't think he's got a chance to win. Just the layoff itself. I think the U.S. Open is more realistic as a target. But the big one to still watch is Tiger. Um, I don't know if you all seen the video. He's walking, quote, uphill for about, I don't know, uh, I'm looking at it here, five yards? Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, very yeah. far. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's struggling. Now, admittedly, it's a big hill, Okay. Um, Southern Hills Country Club. And he favors his right ankle tremendously. And his even back posture is leaning forward to favor it. Compare, I don't know who the other golfer is there, but just compare the gait pattern and, and then the way he stomps his left foot down to get pressure off his, his right side. Look, Tiger's great. He's unbelievable. He's going to play the majors. But we keep saying that ankle isn't all of a sudden going to be 100%. The flatter the course, the more time he has, the better. But it's not like after, what, almost a year, I don't know, approaching a year and a half, that one more month and he's now going to be miraculously 100%. Right. It's something he's going to need to learn to deal with. And I don't know if what hole this was. This is the end of the round where he's already walked 18 holes. but. Uh, And obviously, hills are what he struggles on most, and you can see him struggling on that Instagram post there quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I still think it's the competition at the top is so hard. I respect Tiger's game immensely, but that's still a big disadvantage for him.
3: Well, I think it kind of highlights what a what an effort it was for him to go out there and walk Augusta. I mean, he he really put his <laughs> put his leg on the line, put his health on the line, just to to make an appearance and have everyone celebrate him back to the golf world. So so kudos for, to him for that. But but I agree a hundred percent that he's it's not a just a matter of a couple months and then he's back to full Tiger. Well, and and
0: you know. I don't want to be so dramatic. It's not like his leg was going to fall off. If, you know, it was just going to have to play through a lot of pain. And when you're in pain, can, can you swing a golf club regularly and have your regular weight shift in motion? I mean, I think it's very difficult. Look, I think it's heroic that he shot 78-78 to close at, the, at Augusta, right? And he made the cut. But seventy-eight, seventy-eight also happened to be his two worst scores ever. I mean, I'll take seventy-eight on the on the Muni course, and I'll never hit shoot seventy-eight. So, you know, he did a great job, but it's not Tiger in the top of of the golf world is is tough.
2: Well, he's going to be very selective, right, with the tournaments he chooses. So I guess we got to enjoy when we see him, right? Because
3: he's not. Yeah, it's really great.
2: Full schedule anymore for him, yeah.
3: Yeah, make sure to follow along, uh, especially on, on Twitter, where we we're putting out all those links. Um, six Score on Twitter, SIC Score. Um, we'll have continuing Tiger coverage, especially when he's com- coming back. Bryson DeChambeau timeline, all that stuff. Um, let's move on to baseball. I know it, it kind of takes a backseat to all this, <laughs> all the NHL and NBA playoffs, but baseball's chugging along. Yeah, and and you know,
0: I think we, you know, I think we're let's let's head towards our beast of the week and our beast of the week last week was Ronald Acuna Jr., who hit that towering home run to center field 450 feet while falling down on home plate. And part of what we said was, well, his knee's not right, right? And that's why he's off balance. But amazing that he could hit that home run. And this week, we always say injuries, we get injuries. Now he's, got, he's been out with a muscle injury, groin injury, I believe. Correct. That likely, I don't know for sure, is related to, you know, look, bad mechanics and a bad swing and doing things to compensate. And now he's out for a little bit. So, guys, hopefully we're not becoming the uh, Madden or SI jinx.
2: You're going to have to go check up on the baseball dad and his, uh, his daughter, right? <laughs>
0: Well, I think the daughter's fine. You might have to check out the dad because the yeah. mom might be like, <laughs> he, might hey, still, he might still be in the doghouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to check out on the dad more than the kid. The kid was still being fed and the kid's fine. There's no issues. It's more about the mom, how the mom's treating the dad. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, this week, uh, before we get to the Beast of the Week, I want to give another runner-up shout out to, like, I don't know a lot about Malik Willis. I didn't watch him play football at Liberty, but I absolutely loved his... What seemed to me his first interview uh, in front of Titans Media when he was asked about, Ryan, about the, uh, Ryan Tannehill's mentor comment, right? And the way he deadpanned it and went, what comment? And then laughed it off and said, Ryan's a good dude. He's been at the house. I mean, in 10 seconds, he quelched the controversy. And this was this dude's first press conference. Like, I don't know what his skills are on the field. I haven't seen him play at Liberty, but he's got some good leadership qualities there. I I really like how he handled that. Uh, maybe there was coaching involved. I don't know, but it seemed very natural to me. And so uh, for a rookie like that, I got to hand it to him uh, that, I mean, no one's worried about that anymore. After his 10 seconds, it's done. That That's no longer a storyline. And so that was some strong uh, work. And he did it in a good-natured, funny way. Uh, I mean, that was fantastic. A, a pluses for him. So, uh, Tell me, you guys sort of voted for this beast of the week, so we'll we'll do it, I'll let you introduce it.
3: Uh, just real quick, before the beast of the week, one one uh, thing we forgot and kind of got breaking news in the middle of this, we're recording about midday Monday. Uh, Marcus Smart, questionable availability for game one. Um, we don't have exact analysis on it, we're gonna go back and find all the info and then uh, that'll be up on sixscore.com.
0: Yeah, and the uh, list, Frank, but the MRI is normal, but what does normal mean? No injury at all, or just no tears? The the type of athlete, I mean, he's a hustle guy, right? I mean, that's a harder injury, so we'll have to see, and and we'll put that in the previews.
3: Yeah, he's been through the ringer with the quad. I mean, he got undercut by Giannis and hit his chin on the floor. That he's a tough guy, um, but yeah, our beast of the week this week, uh, big day in uh, in NFL, of course, is always the schedule release, and uh, one that that caught our eye on Twitter was the Seahawks. Putting out a putting together a fake schedule for their players and and personnel and stuff, uh, I think it included uh, what no no uh, bye week after the Germany game. They're playing on uh, playing on Thanksgiving, playing on Christmas. I know uh, one of the players was calling their their wife, and she wasn't too happy about that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, first of all, I got to say, well, what happened to my Chargers and, and their anime? I thought that was pretty good. They don't get a beast of the week now. Uh, but I, I think what you're, you guys are talking about, right? It was Will Disley being in on it and punking some of his teammates, and so yeah, I get it. That might be a social media team beast of the week to to come up with that and pull that off. And uh, you know, the players should have been a little smarter. You know, we know, Russell Wilson, you're not getting Thanksgiving and Christmas. Okay, you're not <laughs> right? getting no that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 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 prime time, anyways, in the schedule. But you know. Uh, the real beast behind that is, is. Uh I would look, we'll give kudos to the social media team. And they did a good job. We'll give kudos to Will Disley for, for pulling it off and whatever. And he's a likable guy, although he might find something in his locker. Or there might be some other payback, uh, you know, uh, you know, if it's teams that I've been on or been around, uh, they'll find a way. It may never get out what they do to him, but they'll, the kangaroo court, the something, you know, there'll be something coming his way, uh, for sure. Uh, He'd probably be a subject of at least a, uh, a, uh, a rookie uh, uh, show thing or something. I mean, the, the vets will get him back. But the real beast behind the, the, the social is is Pete Carroll. He's the one who okayed it and said, let's do this. He's the one who joined it, too. And without Pete Carroll's stamp, that punk thing is not happening. And so that was Pete Carroll. Remember his USC days? That's what I mean. He he'd do pranks and things on the USC guys all the time. So that as much as we're saluting the Seahawks PR, it's Pete Carroll and in his style, he's the one who rubber stamped the whole thing.
3: When uh, I think we're making Pro Football Doc podcast history because we have like three runners up for a Beast of the Week. Um, <laughs> right. One, one we forgot to mention was the the Drew Brees tweet. Oh yeah. He's uh, he was saying that, oh, maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll uh, join my kids pickleball league or I, I forget what the what the whole list was. But what's what's your take on him uh, leaving the booth, Doc? Well, you know, look, Drew, Drew is uh, uh, obviously I know Drew. He's
0: a friend and and I certainly don't want to betray any confidences. But, you know, look, if Drew really wants to be a pickleball champion, he probably could be. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, how would the shoulder uh, hold up? Well, I mean, look, I haven't played pickleball, but people tell me it's a game that even I could play with my bad back and this, that, the other. There's not a lot. for
2: older people. It's for older people for sure. You're good.
0: Okay. Easy now. Easy now. <laughs> Easy now. No, I mean, look, he's a great athlete. Uh, look, how about the shout-out to, to our guy who's been on the podcast here, Danny Woodhead. He's right. in the qualification process onto whatever the final step before playing at the U.S. Open. We'll see if he makes it. Shout out to, to him. Look, Drew can do whatever he wants to do. Look, he's got boys. He's, he's in San Diego. I still do see him at the FA stuff. They're playing in the flag football league. I don't doubt whatever he does, he's going to take care of his family and his kids, and good for him. As I shared with you privately, I didn't see him loving doing the uh, broadcast stuff. And I don't know there's a specific reason. I just didn't see it. So it doesn't surprise me that he's not doing it. Uh, he did actually hint to me that he wasn't going to do it, um, you know. Uh, but I leave that alone. We're not newsbreakers in that in that way, shape, or form. Drew's a very talented guy. And, you know, um, let, let's talk about Tom Brady and his stuff, okay? Tom Brady is now purported to go 10 years, $375 million with the Fox deal. That's a tremendous amount of money. You could give of that, 1% of that, I'd take the deal, okay? We all would take that deal. But as amazing as it sounds, 37 half million is a lot. It's more than he's made most years at football. But what's his endorsement income this year? Sportico reported it at 40 million. He's not in the poorhouse. And let me tell you that broadcast gig is not as easy as you think for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's now 18 away games, not half at home, half away. There's no bye weeks. There's probably a a Thanksgiving and Christmas worked in there, this, that, the other, and a late Saturday game, double duty. And even on a regular week, you fly there on Thursday night, you have production meetings Friday, you meet with the home team on Friday for your material the head coach, the coordinators, the the quarterback, whatever. You meet with the visiting team on Saturday, more production meetings. The game is an all-day affair, and then usually you fly home Monday. Now Brady could, you know, take his plane and fly and fly on Friday morning. He could fly out Sunday night, but it's still 18 road games. Does he really want to do that for 10 years? I mean, it's more of a grind than you think to do that. And the other thing is Look, who doesn't respect Tom Brady? But Eli, sorry, Peyton has been kind of off the cuff, right? And he shows his personality. I don't know that Brady's shown his personality yet with the Jim Gray stuff. He's very measured in his responses. Heck, the next play might go off before he says something on national TV, right? He's so measured. I say that jokingly. He's so crafted in his PR campaigns and he stuff. I'd love to see the real Tom Brady and see him be successful, but I'm not sure he'll love that and have it be a great fit long term. But that's just one man's personal opinion. But it's a harder job than you think. And you, if you think he's doing it for the money, I think you're crazy. Because even if he takes that job, he's not the richest member of his own family. Right. I mean, Giselle. He, he never was. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, she, it's yeah, not going to change his life. I mean, doing what he wants to do and doing something, you know, do you think he's playing for money? No, he just loves it. He's playing for competitive juices, you know? And so if the broadcasting fires up his competitive juices to excel, I think he'll be great at it, but I'm not sure if it will or won't. Who knows?
2: Um, One of the things on that doc, I think we had a conversation about it. I think a lot of that stuff, that 37 million also has to do with bringing a lot of his stuff over too, right? Like he has TV shows, he has his um, brand and everything. Like, he's going to have to do more with that 37 than just announced, I would say,
0: right? Yeah, maybe it's a great business opportunity for him. So it obviously has to make sense. And I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. But, uh, you know, I don't see traditional number one broadcaster Tom Brady for 10 years in the standard rules being just a perfect two-way
3: fit. I want to know what the, uh, the over-under is with that crazy uh schedule that you just detailed the 18 away games is he going to sneak a french fry in year two or year three how's he going to keep up that tb12 uh, diet plan you know <laughs>
0: he can keep if he wants to keep it up. It'd be really easy to keep it up. Look, uh, him him flying a personal chef or whoever with him is 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 less a percentage of of, of his income than you going to Morton's or the Palm Steakhouse. I mean, <laughs> it's nothing. I mean, he can have whatever diet he wants. It's just a matter of what he wants to do. Uh Money is not the object there. That's what I'm saying. Thirty seven half million is a ton of money, but it doesn't change his life, and so. That's all I'm saying. Does he want to do it? He has to want to do it. Maybe he does. All right, we probably went over time too far here. Justin will have more editing. Thank you Justin. Thanks Taylor, Jacob. Thanks for joining us on the Sports Injury Central podcast and as you know, we're never short on topics or opinions or we're just always short on time for the podcast. Go to uh, Central 6 scorecom for all the latest analysis and we appreciate you and we'll catch you uh, next week.